It's a podcast. You're listening to Gorehead and the Wiener. before anything else goes wrong. <laughs> yeah, we just can't bang this out. We don't know, I know. what's going to happen. The, the ghosts are getting into our electronics. They are. Which is yeah. very thematically appropriate for this because this movie was apparently cursed. Was it really? Yes, it is a cursed movie. Wow. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we're talking about House of the Devil, which was filmed in the 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 2000s but it was a 80s style film that was actually very impressively done which is very refreshing um (laughs) barf 80s at you yeah it's not just full of super cliche 80s music and i don't know non-tasteful fashion choices it just feels very like um what's the word it's underspoken yeah is that the word underspoken that doesn't feel like understated there you go (laughs) it's understated but it really feels appropriate it feels like you're watching a movie from the 70s or the 80s but before we get wanted it to be in the early 80s so you oh that's why okay side ponytail and fluorescence yeah (laughs) neons that's good yeah (laughs) but yeah before we get into the movie I'll just give a brief intro, try to do this every episode. Um, but basically, uh, we are Gorehead and the Wiener. I am the Wiener, and Chris <laughs> is the Gorehead. <laughs> and just look at that Gorehead. <laughs> it would be, my head would make a great head explosion. <laughs> yeah, you'd have some good brains to explode. Definitely, definitely. Basically, the purpose of this podcast is to help horror fans bad with gore to expand their horror movie catalog movie by movie usually at my expense um because i've always loved horror movies but i'm not great with gore so chris has volunteered to help me wade through the uh the bloody river of gory movies (laughs) a lesson (laughs) yay and with that, I'll let Chris get into the movie intro for House of the Devil. We're down with the devil today. <laughs> and as Emma so eloquently said earlier, it's a homage to the uh, satanic panic of the early 80s and the uh, era of Reaganomics and Dungeons and Dragons. And when heavy metal was actually considered the worst thing to happen to America, which I find hilarious considering what goes on in america in today <laughs> simple <Yes>. times <laughs> and the movie is about a young go-getter trying to uh you know just make it in this crazy world and having money problems and shitty house guests or shitty uh i guess uh, <laughs> uh roommates and uh she's a Decides to take a uh, a sketchy babysitting job because she's desperately wanting to move out on her own, and the money is just too good to say no, even though it is done by a very uh, peculiar gentleman. And she decides to babysit at this house where she 
learns that uh, the devil lures you in with children and old people. <laughs> and you have to, she has to walk around a house pretty much doing nothing for 50 minutes. And then she realizes that she was going to be offered up as a sacrifice or her womb specifically is offered up as a sacrifice to Satan to birth the Antichrist. <laughs> Yay. Yay. Well, that, that was Classic. a spoiler. <laughs> spoiler <Yeah>. intro. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. Oh, we'll put like a little a warning at the beginning spoiler. full into spoilers <laughs> and like full disclosure this episode is this is a pretty simple movie so and it's fairly unknown so there's it's going to be a little bit of a shorter episode i feel like yeah it is the premise of it it's it's hard to expand beyond what it is so be, it's behind simple. yeah but it's really well exactly done. yeah i think the core of any good horror movie is a very simple premise done well Exactly. Yeah, I think it is definitely worth watching. I was surprised at how many times I was admi admiring a lot of the camera work, um, the very simple lighting. There's a lot of uh, reliance on shadows and just only lighting up the focal points of the shot, which I really like. Um, but yeah, before we get into like the detailed summary of it, I can give all of the gory wieners <laughs> um, a little rundown on my thoughts and rating of the overall gore of the movie. <laughs> I gave it four out of five gory wieners. Uh, yeah, there's there's only one part that actually not made gory, not not scary. yes, exactly. Four out of five gory wieners, which means basically if there are five gory uh, gore wieners in a room, uh, four out of five would be totally fine watching this movie. <laughs> Yeah, you have to be like a 10-year-old to be afraid of this movie. <laughs> There's only one part that I actually was fine watching it, but I took a point off because it was surprisingly gory and it was pretty well done. Um, but basically what happens, the gore aspects of it anyways... There's one lady whose face explodes. <laughs> she gets shot in the face, her face explodes. Uh, you see a butchered family. Um, and they're just kind of strewn about with like guts and nastiness. Instagram. <laughs> yeah. There's some wrist slitting, um, where, which you actually see the act of it happening. Um, various blood weirdness. I don't know if that's gore, but you just see a lot of blood. Someone ingests blood. And oh. this, this was the part um, that I took the point off the the rating for is because you see a close-up of the face hole which is where the lady got shot in the face and later on in the movie you see this person's just gaping face hole and it's like holy shit okay that is a little bit yeah but i don't know i could almost give it like maybe a 4.5 out of 5 but i gave it a 4 out of 5 just kind of to be on the safer side um and then yeah you see some more shooting face face head shooting yeah yeah well and and it's like it's kind of a hard movie to judge because it's it's such more of a kind of ambience based horror movie where it's really just yeah it doesn't what's going to happen next rather than yeah actually really happening <laughs> exactly there's a lot there's a lot of scenes that just take place in this creepy ass house and nothing of importance happens until you kind of get further into the movie but because 
you're just seeing this ignorant, naive uh, college student dancing around, listening to her like tape deck. Yeah, it's really funny that uh, that whole sequence was actually improvised. And oh, was it? They, they talk about it in the commentary where Ty West was uh, terrified of doing that shot because, but yes, yeah, so my amazing directing uh, <laughs> directing uh, skills were put at play where I told her to, uh, well, you're going to put on your Walkman and then you're going to start to dance around with reckless abandon. And that was all he told her. And she invented the whole dance of her just going around the house. He's like, because he was terrified that if, if that scene didn't work and it looked really boring, they would have been screwed because he didn't know how to get to the next sequence in the movie. Oh. So he was very, very happy that she just happened to do a, just nail all the dance moves and just actually. She did a good job. Meaning. As an actor, I would enjoy having that feed or having that direction. It's like, I could just dance yeah. to like some yeah. to some fun, like 70s, 80s music. <laughs> and it's interesting because they do talk about just the the type of acting that she has to do through most of the movie is is just because she's by herself pretty much yeah 75 percent of the movie it's just her alone in this spooky house and and so the type of acting that people kind of underappreciate is uh how someone naturally acts when no one's around and yes able to nail the what a human would do when they know that no one's around and how they, how she just kind of like walks through the house and like, you know, starts rooting around through their stuff. And just, just that instinct that people have where you act differently when you're in someone else's house alone and you're just kind of like curious. That's true. And that's a lot of the, the aspects of horror where you're watching, you know, watching this person while you're safe at home, but they're rooting through stuff or looking through different rooms. And you're like, I'd never do that. What the hell did it It's like, oh, you might. It, it, it does a good job of showing that there are bad things still happening at the same time because it does yeah. let you go know pretty quickly that this isn't probably going to end well for her. Yeah, the camera has a little bit. Um, what was that? That movie. God, it just reminds me of a different director, but I'm just thinking of the intro to um midsummer ari aster where he just sort of like the camera has a personality it's definitely not to that degree in any way but the camera has a bit of a personality where it shows the audience more than what the characters can see and so it, it does have moments in that movie where it reveals certain parts of the room that the character can't see so we as an audience have a little bit of like a one-up on what the character is going through mm -hmm. um yeah, I guess we can get into like the summary. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'll start it off and then you can pick it up whenever. Um, mm -hmm. If my computer doesn't explode on me. <laughs> oh. oh my God. Yes, yeah, scrolling is a task. <laughs> so, yeah, as we've already uh, described, it is an 80s style film and it had really great camera techniques um, that felt appropriate for the time frame that took that it took place in and it actually really made me want to go and and research uh, camera techniques from that time because it's kind of inspired me to i've always wanted to make um, 
a horror inspired short film. And I think it would be really cool to look back on like old camera techniques and base it on that. So well, it's really cool. Yeah, that is um, actually, they, they talk about the camera style that they use and very specifically uh, Ty West wanted it to look like almost a made for TV movie. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah. Because, but with better acting. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. Yeah, yeah, that's what he's like. He's like, well, we want it to be better than a made-for-TV movie, but almost look like a made-for-TV yeah. movie. And the way that he achieved that is uh, through Zooms. Because apparently yes, were yeah. used a lot in 80s television. And so that's why he uses so many Zooms is because it gives it that style of kind of 80s movie cheesiness almost it's perfect like even just the i love the opening sequence it was really fun because it was like very very much in that style and then it just cuts to the the credits right in front of her and it just the music starts and you're like oh yeah yeah oh it's it's yeah it has a really fun pace. perfect a very slow movie it 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 is good at capturing your attention it's not one of those movies where you kind of start to get pulled out of it and you start to think, okay, is something going to happen soon? Like it, it has a good enough pace that it, it doesn't throw you off and get you. To, yeah. Like it always knows when to show you something new. Yeah, no, exactly. And they filmed on 35 millimeter. Oh, okay. And apparently I don't know a lot about film stock, but they used a film stock that made it look extra grainy as well to give it. A okay. Feel. Yeah, I noticed that right away. I was like, oh, I, I just love, I love the graininess of film. Because sometimes when you get into the super high resolution stuff, it just kind of becomes boring. I don't know. It's not. Je ne sais quoi. Yeah, it, it loses that that sort of, um, that aspect that you kind of look for when you go to a movie in the movie theater. And it's just, it's something that someone put work in to create versus like someone trying to make ultra realistic, like, uh, yeah. You can't even tell that it's not happening. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. more real than real life, where it's just like, okay, what well, this is. Yeah, it was like when now, now I'm going off on a tangent, but it was like when I watched The Hobbit for the first time, and they filmed it in a higher frame rate, and it was like we as human. Oh wait, no, they filmed it at a frame rate that humans actually see at, but we've we're so used to watching film in like 30 frames per second or 24 frames per second for animated films it's like it's it it takes so much away from it because it, it just feels like you're speeding it up as opposed to watching something it's like i don't i can't put my finger on 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 why it felt wrong but it's just like we don't necessarily go to the movies to watch something that looks realistic it's like we want to be put into a room and escape reality and, and watch something that's make-believe and prettier than that reality and not like exactly what the human eye can see and like yeah. you know it's it's a different experience even animal documentaries don't film it to be like they look really slick and like you know you watch like planet earth or something it's really clear but it still looks like it's a movie of some kind it's not like yeah you're you're watching something that's surreal i guess is it exactly and i exact reality on a screen and i can understand someone wanting to te to test it out and i think a lot of people liked it but um 
I don't know. I think the 30 frames that way now, <laughs> they sure don't like 30 frames per second, 24 frames per second. It's been done that way for forever for a reason, because it looks really good. And we have a lot of, um, experience with doing it that way. I don't know. It's like, I'm not the expert on this. One. <laughs> yeah. well, like you, like you know what I mean? Imperfection. So we're used to seeing things that are not hyper-focused. We don't like have Hawkeye-like vision where we, we could see things clear for a mile. <laughs> yeah. We have motions that are built into our crappy vision. <laughs> I know. Yeah. As I'm staring at a screen all day, all the time for our work, it's like my vision is slowly degrading. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Before I go on more tangents, I'll just go <laughs> jump back into the story. We've gotten to uh, the title sequence. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah, this is really going to be a fast episode. Uh, <laughs> so um, Sam is our main character, and she's a struggling student and desperately trying to find money for rent. I think at the beginning, we see her looking at an apartment that she really wants, and she needs to give the first month's rent in order to secure it, I believe. Yeah, I think she needs 400 bucks. 400 bucks in 80s money, so. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like a thousand bucks. It's like a thousand freaking dollars, man. Yeah. Um, and basically the, the beginning of the movie is, it does drag on a little bit and I'll, sh I'll bring this closer for whenever this shows up on YouTube, but I have this little coffin board that says bad pizza because I ran out of Zeds, but bad pizza, uh, because that feels like a little bit of a, a short enough theme that I could stick on a board, but there's so many parts with, there's two specific parts, but there's one in the beginning where her and her friend go out for pizza, and it's this super shitty pizza at a place called um, Eclipse Pizza, I believe, which is basically foreshadowing the whole movie uh but yes that that is the theme of the movie pizza of course well today through the entire movie pizza is there it's critical it's throughout the whole movie and it's never good the pizza is never a good pizza but it's there so pizza is really the true villain of this movie the true villain um but yeah she's a struggling student and um she finds she finds an opportunity to babysit and she just phones. She finds like one of those little paper things on, on like a post and then phones the little number Before on the bottom. Craigslist. Before Craigslist. Pull tabs. <laughs> pull tabs. <laughs> Where people, strangers could just phone your house and everything. Oh God. People were so trusting. Um, so she phones this mysterious number and uh, eventually uh she has to drive out there to meet the family and her friend who might forget her name do you remember her name the friend's name blonde. okay well blonde blonde, <laughs> blonde girl uh that really likes to eat food yeah she's got like the 70s shag going on she just always like has like ambient motion on it. yeah it's so fluffy <laughs> hey i liked I liked her hair more than I liked the business ponytail. I'll tell you oh, that yeah. much. Yeah, I know. <laughs> that's that's the wrong type of hair. Nothing wrong. Nothing wrong with a good shag haircut, but there's everything wrong with a business ponytail. <laughs> <laughs> so they they go out. Uh, her friend offers to drive her to this this place because she's a little bit concerned for her well being. It's like this is in the middle of nowhere. 
they're asking you to babysit like super last minute. Let's just go there. And if they're weird, we'll take off and it's just no harm, no foul. I'm here to support you. We can drive back whenever you want. And so they both show up and they show up to this house and immediately they, they recognize, Oh, there's like a station wagon out front. They seem kind of normal. And then they go in. It's a Volvo. Um, yeah, they go, they knock on the door and immediately are greeted by like this tree of a man. I wanted to say mountain of a man, but he's not wide. He's just tall. He's like this eight foot tall, very old man. And he's just like, oh, thank you for coming. And thank you so much. And he um, goes in and he's a little bit weirded out that Sam brought her friend. And so he brings Sam into another room and sits her down and is like, look, this is just for one person. And she's like, oh, it's fine. Like, she's going to leave. And uh, the guy, Mr. Olman, is his name. He explains. Is that his name? Olman. U-L-L-M-A-N. I thought that would be very on the nose if his name was Omen. Mr. Omen. It's like, okay, lady, get out of there. <laughs> don't, don't babysit. Literally a warning. <laughs> don't babysit this guy's whatever his last name's omen and he lives in a creep house but yeah so he sits her down and is like look i actually lied to you on the phone i don't have a kid that i need you to babysit i want you to look after my elderly mother that lives upstairs and she's like i that's not i don't have experience looking after old people <laughs> who wants to look after the elderly? and he's just like oh she's not gonna leave the room we, we just actually we just would feel better if when my, my when my wife and I went out, if there was someone here to make sure that she would be okay. And it's like, I don't know. That's still like I don't think I would do it either. That's super that is weird. And he seems extremely desperate because he keeps saying stuff like, Oh, it's just my wife just really wants this. She's just really worried that uh, I can't pull this off and I I just really want to show her that, you know, we've got someone here reliable and like and they, and just they, they mentioned that they want to do something with the eclipse because there is a, an eclipse. Oh, OK. Yeah. That only happens once in like every 3000 years or something. They talk about it on the news and how it's how it's uh, a special uh, eclipse for whatever reason. Yeah. So all if he's a if he's a scientist or if he's a astronomer and it's just like, no, no. So he doesn't actually have a job, anything to do with the eclipse. They just are doing something with it very vague. Yeah, they, they never explain what they're doing. It was just kind of like, it's like they have to go out to do something, but they never explain what it is. Um, they don't have a telescope. <laughs> they don't have any, like, it's just, it just seems very vague and strange. And the only reason that Sam agrees to do it is because he basically agrees to pay her $400, which is what she needs to pay her first month's rent. And the job was initially only going to be a hundred bucks, but he goes up to $400. And so Sam kind of reluctantly agrees. Um, and she tries to explain that to her friend and her friend is super pissed off. Pardon? Doing it for the Benjamins. Mm-hmm. The Benjamins. And, uh, yeah, her friend is really mad because she's like, that wasn't the plan. If it's super weird, we're going to get out of here. And this dude is fucking weird. We need to leave 
get out of here. I don't trust this situation. Why is he giving you so much money? Why is it so last minute? They're in the middle of nowhere. No one can help you if you're in danger. She's like, yeah, but it's so much money. Like this is just one night and that's it. And so her friend leaves and Sam stays behind and the, she meets a super creepy wife as well. And they show her like person super super tall looks like Morticia with like age 30 years <laughs> yeah they're both really tall she at least seemed a little nicer like a little more normal kind of not really but like more than the dude very intense <laughs> she's really intense um oh yeah there's a really awkward conversation where she's like like prying about her romantic life and is trying to see like if she's dating anyone, they're like, oh, I bet, the, I bet the guys really love you. She's like, no, no, not really. I don't know. <laughs> I don't really want to talk about this with you, lady. <laughs> yeah, it was really weird. It was just kind of like, why would I talk about my romantic life with a stranger for a person I'm going to babysit their mother? Yeah. It's just super weird. Relevant. <laughs> and um, yeah, the, the guy leaves, Mr. Ullman leaves a number on the fridge for her to order pizza if she ever gets hungry um it comes back i know the pizza there oh, i'm telling you a comment about the pizza scene at the beginning of the movie oh yes actually the the best friend when she's eating the pizza specifically is eating it very gross like yeah tearing at it and just chewing with her mouth open and they specifically had a discussion with her about trying to be as disgusting as possible while eating food and that was part of her like character is that she doesn't give a shit about like what anyone thinks of her so she just eats like a like a pig and is just disgusting <laughs> she has so like little like worries in her life like she's just so carefree she just doesn't even give a crap but she doesn't give a shit which actually is pretty pretty good for her character because yeah i'll talk about her next when she she drives off when she has an amazing scene with uh old people candy which is oh yeah that's right the movie in and of itself her obs- she, weird obsession with eating all the time she just likes to eat food and they had like you can tell it's been there for a super long time there's like this bowl of hard candy that you always like as a kid I still remember going to like my grandparents and they would have that like an old glass container with like just nasty hard candy in it that no one ate and it was like there's probably dust on it and she just like she ate one spat it out it was gross but then she like dug down to the bottom to get like a fresher one? I don't know. Sit <laughs> and then like shoves three in her pocket. Yeah, it's <laughs> so funny. <laughs> no, it's fine. Reminds me but of she... Simpsons when Homer Homer lands in the big tra- uh, uh, trash pile that saves his life, and he starts kissing it. He's like, "Ew, this is gross." Ew, and then he kisses another. He's like, "Oh, that part tastes like pizza," and he starts kissing it more. It's <laughs> covered in garbage juice. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what I think of when I saw her candy. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, I don't. I don't think I've seen that Simpsons episode. <laughs> it's uh, it, it's the it's the episode where it's the homage to uh, what's that famous movie with the two women that drive off a cliff? Uh, they're like they go on a road trip together. It's really famous. It has a uh, uh, Susan Sarandon and uh, Thelma and Louise. <laughs> 
Oh, is that based off a true story? Because I do know of a true crime thing where that happens. Oh, I don't know. Well, Thelma and Louise is about like a woman, but now we're getting into a review of Thelma and Louise. But <laughs> Thelma and Louise, <laughs> two women that drive off a cliff at the end of the movie. And that's what they're parodying in Simpsons, which is also off topic. So I'll just wrap this all up in a dirty ribbon and <laughs> we'll just scare Continue on. Oh my God. So well, bad at continuing. Review of Thelma and Louise. <laughs> Yes, we are excellent podcast hosts. Um, Purpose nails, always staying on topic. Hell yeah. Uh, but yeah, back to the friend that we don't know her name of. Uh, she, <laughs> blonde, she, friend. blonde friend. She she pockets those candies and she gets the fuck out of there. And she's pissed at Sam for not leaving. But she's like, you know what? You're on your own. I, I'm just, I'm just going to go home. If you need me, phone me. But like, I... Yeah. I'm out of here. I'm going to go smoke a cigarette in a graveyard. Yeah. So she drives and then she decides she needs to pull over in a graveyard because that's the smartest thing to do. Um, and she, it's kind of one of the kids. One of the funniest scenes, too, I find. She has a lot of the good, a lot of the good scenes. Um, she's trying to smoke a cigarette, but she can't light it. So she's oh, she opens her window and she still can't having an issue lighting it. And there's this hand just like reaches in her open window and lights it for her. And she's like, what the fuck? It's probably the freakiest part of the movie. <laughs> I thought it was super funny. It was freaky. It was like a jump scare, but it was yeah, just so funny. What's happening? It's like, <laughs> what the fuck is happening? And it's just like this random dude in plaid. With like, he's With like, he looks beard. I was going to say, he looks like a lumberjack. He just has this plaid flannel on red plaid flannel and then a lumberjack beer and he lights her cigarette and he's just like so are you the babysitter and she's like no and then he shoots her in the face immediately <laughs> immediately and <laughs> you don't see too much of it at this point but you do see her head kind of explode and then you just see her kind of like land you don't see anything happening like you don't see the hole in her head but you see her land in front of camera you see all the blood and uh then he is no he doesn't take the car he has his own vehicle i think no, no, but no, no. he gets in the he car does and like oh he does is it away because then he like takes the cigarette out of the lit cigarette that she has in her dead hand and just starts casually smoking it <laughs> as he's pushing the car farther into the graveyard like this guy he like has zero expression on his face he just oh. care that he just blew up this girl's face yeah he plays it super straight <laughs> But yeah, that was a funny scene. <laughs> and then her head blew up. And then her head blew up. Um, yeah. And uh, meanwhile, in the house, Sam is exploring this massive, creepy ass house and is seeing remnants of another family kind of like strewn around the house. And yeah, you kind of remember that at the beginning, the almonds have explained that they just moved into the house. So they haven't had time to, to do any like redecorating or anything. So you're like, okay, maybe like that could maybe explain why there's like pictures of another family in the house, then, but it's then, still it's weird when she finds a kid's room with, yeah, but then she finds a kid's room. It's like everything is still in there. Like they didn't leave. So you yeah. kind of are getting, <laughs> yeah, you're getting a little creeped out at, at all of this. Um, and so she's exploring 
a little bit more and more. And then um, she peeks into one room, but she doesn't quite open the door the entire way. And then that's when we as the audience are able to see what's inside the room. And it's camera move over top, like the yeah. sides of the room. It's a cool kind of. Yeah, that was a cool kind of. Yeah, exactly. But we see basically that there's a butchered family in there and they're the family from the photographs. And it looks like there was some sort of a satanic ritual done on them because there's all these pentagrams everywhere. There's like one, I think it's the kid has this like the little uh, the gut. His like whole stomach is just like ripped open. That um, was uh, that was referred to by the uh, the cast and crew as the vagina gore. The vagina gore. <laughs> Why? This horrible like cut open fissure that goes down. Oh, I'm so glad that that reminds them of a vagina. <laughs> That's what they said. Oh my god! Someone has some trauma. <laughs> <laughs> maybe he's secretly gay <laughs> oh god yeah that ew, that reminds me of someone back in college referring to to vaginas as a gash and i'm just like please don't don't ever i think that's the most insulting term. it's so insulting it's like fuck it's it's the, it is the, the most offensive term i have heard for so cool um yeah. remind me to never talk to you again <laughs> so uh, one of the guys on the crew or a good majority of the crew yeah well i could see a lot of horror movies being a little bit of a sausage fest oh, and especially yeah. like uh <sighs> the earlier days ones like especially like in the 80s and the 70s like, I don't think it would be enjoyable as a woman to work on those sets. Duvall. <laughs> yeah. Kubrick was a genius, but not a very nice person. <laughs> or the lady from the birds who specifically told Alfred Hitchcock she was terrified of birds and would only do the movie if she wanted oh my to God. birds. And then Alfred Hitchcock proceeded to get the guy, the crew to throw live birds at her. And that's why the scene looks so good is because she's genuinely yeah. Terrified. Hitchcock was also famously pretty sexist, so that makes sense. He's from the fifties. I could see that, and I think it was a lot of that cultural stuff. But anyways, before we go on more tangents, <laughs> <laughs> at least it's related. It's still horror movie yes. tangents. Same um, period, time period. <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, so we as the audience, we have seen this butchered family, but Sam hasn't. So she just kind of like goes about, yeah, she's just dancing around with her. And it's kind of nice because we get a little bit of like a, a nice 80, 70 soundtrack, which is always appreciated. Yeah. Yep. Um, and so she gets hungry and all of her dancing, exercising this. So she, she orders a pizza. Um, and once it arrives, I can't remember why she's freaked out. I think she hears, she's hearing something upstairs. Yeah. She's hearing something. And then the pizza arrives and, um, she runs to go get it. She has a knife at that point. Yeah. She's slowly walking up the stairs, looking around with a knife unsure of what's happening and then the horrible loud buzzer goes off and she yeah uh, runs to the door just grabs it throws the money out the door 
and just slams the door before she realizes that the pizza delivery guy is the guy who blew off the head of her best friend. Exactly. It's the same dude. And we as the audience are sort of seeing that the eclipse is drawing nearer. So we're starting to realize, okay, there's something of prominence that's going to happen at the eclipse. It's like, it's pretty obvious throughout the movie, but um, at the start of her in the house, like there's not a whole lot going on. It's a little bit of a creepy house, but nothing seems too sketchy. And then as it draws nearer, we start seeing there's a butchered family and then she hears, she's starting to hear some stuff and then the pizza arrives and it's like, okay, what's going to happen? And the eclipse pizza, nasty pizza shows up, takes a bite and it's still disgusting and she throws it out. But then we go into a sequence of her, clearly something was in the pizza and she you're starting to see her pov sort of drifting she's she ran up to the um attic because she thought she heard something up there but her vision is just becoming more and more um i don't know what's the word it's not lucid it's just kind of becoming very wonky unfocused disoriented. disoriented there you go that's that's a good word um and it was really well done because you just kind of you're starting to see really quick snippets of what she's seeing. Everything is becoming more chaotic. And then she just suddenly passes out. And when she wakes up, she is in what looks like the basement of this house. And there's all these Satanists surrounding her. It just goes full bore at that point. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like black and white strobe lights going on. And she's oh, yeah. Yeah fully in a white dress it's like big ass pentagram people in hoods and just yeah and surprise satan (laughs) the people that are there are the omens mr and mrs olman and the freaking um lumberjack man and then we actually see that the granny the granny the mother was real and she's this super horrific looking old lady. There's so many old people she's in these movies we watch. She's, like, she's a straight up evil demon. <laughs> she's egg. just a demon. She just looks, yeah, she looks kind of part alien. She's got like this real big forehead going on. Like, she has no eyebrow ridge. It's just like full. It's like something out of Buffy. <laughs> something out of Buffy. Yeah. So anyways, like it's this old lady, the, the mother figure that is doing a lot of the ritual. And so Sam is. stuff. Yeah. Mean Satan shit. And so Sam is tied up and. Not having a she, good time. <laughs> not having a good time. And she. Oh yeah. The, the granny mother lady she slits her own wrist and she takes that blood and pours it into like a skull of a goat it's a goat right skull and she takes that and she uh draws a pentagram over her belly and then tries to feed her the rest of the blood and that's when sam is like wriggling out clearly they did not make those night those um knots tight enough because she wriggles (laughs) Satanist right out of those really good knot tying skills if you're going to be a satanist that sacrifices yeah. people to the devil make sure your knots are on point if you're going to be a satanist you need to go to girl guides you need to go to scouts and then you just get those knots down packed learn your survival skills and then 
then you can go full Satan. <laughs> you prepared before you fully go into Satan. Then you can get your Satanist badge. That's the last one. <laughs> Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts is just a step-by-step program from Satan. How to it's a training. It's a, it's a whole training people. thing. You track yeah. people in the woods. You learn how to like keep the, keep yourself alive while trying to trap people in the woods. It's, it's perfect. You yeah. nailed it. The, the Scouts of America <laughs> are run by Satan. <laughs> so at this point, the rest of the story of like who gets murdered is a little bit foggy to me, but I do know is the the Everybody. the mom, the demon mom, does she get murdered first? Uh yeah, I think the only one that doesn't die is the creepy mother, like the Okay, so she doesn't. Okay. Chick doesn't it thing doesn't die, but uh yeah, they get out and then there's a confrontation with uh lumberjack kid. And he shoots her, so she's in even worse shape. She's covered in blood because she slips on the blood from her best friend. And that's when she sees her caved-in face. And so she's yes. full-on, like, looking like Carrie, essentially. And her white dress is now very, very red with blood. And she's just, like, covered in it. And she gets shot. And then she slashes the lumberjack in the throat. He dies. And then she books it up into the attic, and then the mom comes up from the beach. Right. There we go, yeah. And she's like, you little bitch, you can't stop it now. Yeah, <laughs> she just, like, throws her down, and then all of a sudden, like, goes to the window to, like, chat with Satan. It's like, oh, the eclipse is upon us. And she pulls off what is a wig to reveal her crazy, scraggly, bald, white hair. And she's just talking about Lord Satan. And when she's in the midst of that, she gets stabbed in the back by Sam and then the old lady out of the picture. And Sam runs out of the house, goes to the uh, graveyard where she comes across the, the husband and... Uh, Essentially, explain the husband explains to her that uh, you know she's going to help birth the Antichrist, and she's having all these crazy visions of like the horrible Satan monster, and she's got like these gross veins on her belly, these like black veins, which are really yeah disturbing and gross. And then she has the final confrontation with the the dad, and he gets stabbed in the stomach, but he doesn't like you don't see him fully die, so he may be alive. Okay. Yeah, because then after that confrontation in the graveyard, it's kind of insinuated that she did kill him, but it's not known for sure. And then it, she, she tries to shoot herself in the head. And then we cut to her in the hospital. And it's like she's got this bandage around her head. So she didn't die. It's like, oh, fuck, she's still alive. Um, and the movie ends with the nurse saying, you'll be just fine, the both of you. Which yeah, is insinuating that she's with child. So it's like, oh shit, she's gonna have a demon baby. <laughs> the Antichrist. <laughs> yeah. She's probably in a coma. So she can't even like kill herself. Yeah, it's almost like it's like you're saying that it relates very heavily to Rosemary's baby, which I can see why. Yes, yes. It's a very uh, uh, anti happy ending <laughs> i kind of i mean i don't know i've kind of grown accustomed to those endings it's like oh they're great for horror movies it really makes sense it's like you're going into it 
understanding. This is not, you're not watching a half movie. It's like if you, but on the other hand, if you go in watching a rom-com and then it ends terribly. (laughs) That would be amazing. I kind of want that. that I want to make that. Cliche until the very end and the two main characters just die in summer. (laughs) I would enjoy that. Summer of Love. <laughs> like it's advertised as like the, the next rom-com of the yeah, summer. Yeah. And it just turns out to be like, I don't know, the Blair Witch Project or something. Like, or yeah, it, you just like, the whole thing is like uh, going on vacation or something. And they go to this wonderful place. Like you know. National Lampoon's family vacation. And then it just ends up into like <laughs> them like being... That chased by murderers that'd be great because uh there's uh there's a oh it's not really a thriller i guess more than anything else like the uh hitchhiker i think it's just called the, the hitcher hitcher hitchhiker uh and it's just about a crazy guy who hitches a ride with this couple and then he tries to go out of his way to kill them <laughs> he's just this crazy dude that murders okay. on a highway <laughs> that's all that's his that's his stick hmm. yeah that's a good um like yeah that inspires me i'm gonna be taking a filmmaking course soon so i'm like oh mm-hmm. cool ideas there you go yes, yes make a short rom-com where everybody dies at the end <laughs> <laughs> there's gonna be as right off the bat just call it everybody dies and but the whole beginning is just a complete rom-com and so you lull people into thinking oh it must just be a gag a gag title and then no it's everyone no it's for you know i i did tell you yeah. i told you right off the bat so you can't get mad at me right? <laughs> and they'll, they'll be horrified it'll be great <laughs> yeah um yeah and i'm actually surprised that uh you have a decent amount of information for the making of stuff so yeah. i'll let you get into that because i just didn't expect there to be anything yeah, well, yes, gore-wise, the making of isn't exactly uh, isn't a lot because of the fact that there isn't a lot of gore in the movie. But uh, what I did gather from just behind-the-scenes stuff and the commentary uh, was they, they showed how they kind of built the, the head of the woman whose head blows up. And they just kind of start with like a bag of goop, red goop and chunks, and then they build the skull around it and then they built like a prosthetic face to put over top of that oh wow so essentially they just have it on like a little explosive timer and someone just presses a button and the guy pretends to fire the gun and the guy who the actor who's the lumberjack guy he he, when they show what he's wearing during that shot and he's in like this giant garbage bag and he's got like goggles on oh my god he just like gets blasted across the face of all of this like chunks of gore and like blood and he just kind of stands there he's like oh that was a lot bigger than the last one oh. <laughs> so, wow that's great to see like that just of the very opposite side of his hand is just him in a garbage bag, essentially. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, and he uh, and then and, and then the only really other gory scene is uh, the suicide shot at the end when Sam tries to blow her brains out, and all they did for that was uh, they just took a giant plastic tube and taped it to the side of her head and just kind of had the spout like here on her forehead. It looked like they just used like duct tape essentially to tape it oh my god it looks very uncomfortable <laughs> and it's just this huge tube that just 
fires out a big spray of blood, like really easy. Like anybody could do that with like a vat of fake blood, which is kind of fun to see that it's not that hard to make. Yeah, yeah. that's cool. They, yeah, and they, with the camera angle that they had, you couldn't see any of it. And they just, <laughs> just had some sweet blood shoot out of it. And that's really all, <laughs> unfortunately, all there is for the gore. But um, there's kind of some fun behind the scenes stuff. So uh, Dee Wallace is the lady from the very first shot of the, of the movie. And people would know her from being the mom in E.T. That mm-hmm. she's most famous for. And I guess she's also been in a ton of horror movies. So she apparently took Ty West aside and, and, and decided to... Uh, give him her pearls of wisdom from all the Satan movies she worked on. And she said that if whenever you're doing a movie about Satan, uh, it'll be haunted by spirits and spirits travel through electrical currents. And so you're told him his movie was going to be cursed because what the fuck? Satan is literally what she took him aside to tell him. Well, maybe that's what's going on with us right now. Gotta stop doing episodes about movies about about that Satan yeah. doesn't want you to tell the truth Satan's trying to <laughs> silence us we won't take it Satan we're gonna make our podcast about a fictional movie whether you like it or not yeah so apparently they had like tons of technical issues though on the movie like they their, their generators would die they had to like replace their bulbs on all their lights a lot and so they just said it was a huge pain in the ass. And even Ty West, the, the room he was staying in, apparently his TV would turn on by itself. And it just, it just flip on randomly. And, Holy uh, shit. And the, bulb, I... the bulbs in the place he was staying would constantly burn out on him. So he said he had to keep replacing the bulbs in the room he was uh, that would almost be like enough to deter me to not do this movie. <laughs> That's so weird. I'd be like, I'm done. I'm yeah. fine. All right. You've won. I'm going to make a movie about Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I'm not religious, but yeah, I no, will I, I'll, I'll do it. I'll do it. <laughs> I can't handle all these light bulbs. I need some good karma. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Maybe that's the real twist. Is Jesus is the one doing it? Not oh, me. he's mad. I want it to be about me. He's just like this petty dick. He's just like, why about <laughs> Satan? No one makes cool movies about Jesus. Except for Mel Brooks. <laughs> Monty Python. They made uh... Oh hey, that's true. I can't forget Monty Python. It... <laughs> To be fair, though, that movie was mostly about Brian. It is true. So I'm pretty sure Jesus was mad. He was mad by it. Yeah, it's not about him. It's about Brian. <laughs> Stole his thunder. So yeah. freaking Brian always wins. Brian, Brian, <laughs> <laughs> Brian. It's a great accent. Oh, accent, oh. not accent. Um, impersonation. <laughs> Lady was Brian. Yeah, but um, uh, yeah, I guess so. Apparently, the whole movie was cursed, which was kind of the biggest fun fact that I was able to uh, find out. But um, also, it was funny to see the behind the scenes stuff of the mother, uh, the demon lady, because it turns out that you can't really tell from how they shoot it in in the scenes, but she is like hilariously tiny compared to the house. She's like, I thought at first it was like a little person. 
but it's actually just a very short woman who I think she worked in like the prop department or something. She did something behind the cameras. Oh, cool. Yeah. And she has like, it's funny because uh, it was her birthday on like one of the days of shooting when she had to have all this like crazy makeup on. And so there's just, they, they, uh, they got her a cake made with like a photo from a still of the movie of her with her demon makeup on. I put that on her birthday. Oh my God. We gave it to her while she's just like sitting in the makeup chair and she doesn't have all the makeup on. She has like crazy, a crazy bright green mohawk shooting out the top. That's her normal hair is a bright green mohawk. That's so funny. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> what they said. It's like, yeah, when you take off all the hair and the robes and stuff, she kind of just looks like a Make-A-Wish kid because she's <laughs> tiny and tall. Oh, no. <laughs> so that's what they used to call it. Oh, my God. Wow. Again, so yeah, that and the vagina gore. <laughs> the vagina gore. Oh, God. For the reasons why it was uh, a male-driven set. But uh, so... yeah. Uh, the the actor who plays the 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 husband, Mister Ullman, uh, when they shot all of the scenes where uh, they're interact where he interacts with the two girls, they uh, they actually shot it when they first met him, and he apparently just a thing he likes to do because he's kind of like a bizarre guy. He he's rear he is really tall, and he talks he's very kind of soft spoken in that. I guess people are just kind of sometimes freaked out by him when they first meet him. And he likes to play into that and just make people as awkward as possible. So when they first started filming it, he actually like held her hand on purpose that long in the very first scene when they first meet. Like, oh, my God. And he just holds on to it. He did that on purpose to like make her feel super uncomfortable. And so That's smart. They said the two girls were actually genuinely uncomfortable because they, they barely knew him. And he was like so weird and just the way. He yeah. Them. But and so he just intentionally didn't share anything about himself during those scenes so that they just felt actually genuinely uncomfortable around him because he would just play it up and talk to them really bizarrely and stuff. <laughs> so, Smart. Yeah, it was it's kind of a fun thing. It is, but, but apparently he's a very nice guy normally. He just likes to Yeah. But that would be so fun. I'd love to play a, a giant weirdo in a movie. Just get to like just get to to full on be the weirdest version of myself. I would love that. Sadly, <laughs> at five foot four, you may not <laughs> be able to. Play. I could wear stilts. I could be the creepy granny. Could be her. Right, you could totally be the mother. <laughs> mother. Yeah. Mother. Uh, they. Uh, oh yeah. I guess the only the other interesting thing is the house itself. Um, it looks great. Like it looks like a creepy seventies, eighties era house, mm-hmm. and. Ty West actually said he tried to uh, kibosh using that house multiple times because it looks so different in real life. It's a completely modern house. Whoa. Not in the middle of nowhere. There's like a street <laughs> right beside it. They just huh. bought it so it, was in the, it looked like it was in the middle of nowhere. Wow, they did a good job. Oh, yeah, it was, it was great. They, uh, and they actually, for the, all, there was no wallpaper on the walls. They put fake wallpaper up for all the 70s gross wallpaper. Nice. They actually installed fake uh, linoleum flooring 
So underneath oh. it is actually really pretty hardwood floor and yeah. built a fake layer of linoleum over top of that. So oh, wow. Kitchen and stuff. And they, they even built uh, fake rooms in the house. Oh, wow. At the end, when the grandma's praying to Satan in the window, yeah. that is actually a completely fake wall. And that's a fake yeah. window that's looking into another room. Oh, wow. <laughs> it doesn't look outside at all. Huh. <laughs> yeah, so they, they built all these fake rooms and they said that the props department was just amazing because they... Yeah, they did a really good yeah. job because it just looked like an authentic old creepy house. Yeah, yeah. It was, nice. Yeah, and the behind the scenes, they show like how easy it is to take it down. Like they just start peeling all the wallpaper off when they're done and they could just lift up and remove the whole flooring and <laughs> just to return it back to its normal wow. status quo. And uh, Cool. They said that they had a really hard time actually finding a house to film in because uh, when they said that it was called the house of the devil, no one wanted to rent their house out to them because apparently <laughs> people get really weird when you mention you're making a movie about Satan. So yeah, started saying <laughs> that the movie was just called the house. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Tell the people, and then people were way more receptive to actually let them like scout their houses and use it. <laughs> but, oh, that's funny. Yeah, people still freak out about Satan, you know? I mean, now I'm kind of like, okay, well, maybe I will avoid making a short about the devil. I'll make it about Jesus. <laughs> Jesus and his best friend, Brian. <laughs> and Brian. A horror movie about Jesus. Yeah, hey, there we go. I'll make a horror movie about Jesus. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> some good behind the scenes stuff, though. Um, yeah, and, yeah, and so um, they shot the essentially. Other than that, they they shot the whole thing in uh, eighteen days. And, oh wow! Yeah, that's fast. Holy shit! Yeah, eighteen days. They had uh, they shot they shot all of the university stuff in Connecticut. And that's where the whole movie was filmed. Is Connecticut. And uh, it was supposed to take place over like Christmas. That was like the theme of the movie, but it was actually like spring, but it's so cold in Connecticut, it was still snowing. So it looked great. Oh, sweet. Yeah. And they, uh, yeah. And I guess the last thing for the house is to get the lighting that they wanted for the house, they actually set up these giant light rigs all around the house. And then that mm -hmm. way they were able to, to control the light shooting into the house so I think yeah that's, that's smart all those really cool dramatic uh yeah that because it, it going stairs and stuff because it almost looked like a set house with the way the lighting was because it just looked too perfect for the the way that the lighting was hitting like the staircase yeah well, like the, the kind of like tv movie feel oh yeah totally where it's kind of like yeah you you know as the audience that this isn't real lighting. Like this isn't doesn't feel natural. It feels very dramatic and on purpose, very mm -hmm. and it gives it this fun kind of spooky house vibe. Yeah, they don't. Not a lot of spooky things actually happen in the house. Like there's not a, like if you actually probably watch, there's probably ten minutes of kind of spooky things, and then probably fifty minutes of her just wandering around the house and going into different rooms and. But it's it's shot interestingly enough that you don't get you don't really notice it. You're mm -hmm. go along for the ride. But uh, yeah, that was uh, that was about uh, 
all of the uh, fun facts. Um, Excellent. Yeah, actually, <laughs> in the pizza scene at the very beginning of the movie, uh, there's a guy in the background. I think he's their uh, he's their um, DP, I think, and uh, he he's just got put in there because he had long, shaggy hair, and he's actually smoking a cigarette. And because of that, he said he hated that day because he had to smoke two packs of cigarettes. Oh my god! And he felt super sick. Holy like shit! You see him; he's like blurred out in the background. You see like a little little trail of smoke at one point, but because it's like, why can't you smoke fake cigarettes? Why do they have to be real? No, can you just get like a fake smoking? Like, just have yeah. Especially you don't have to actually smoke. <laughs> so that's all budget. Oh lord! Yeah. Oh okay. Well, that's funny. Yeah, but yeah, that was um. I really enjoyed that movie. It was I was expecting it to be more gory because <laughs> I know you're wanting to ramp up to a much more gory movie. So I'm like expecting there to be more. Um, when's it gonna happen? It's just like the pacing of this movie because you're you're expecting it to happen, but you I know. Yeah, the pacing of it really really worked in its favor because you do expect a lot more to happen. I will say it's not quite to the level of Mike Flanagan because he's so good at just making you feel on edge 24 seven. He just gives you enough relief for you to take a breath and then you're back into it. Yeah. But this one is kind of like the, there's more, you have like time to relax a little bit and then it, it jumps back out at you. So it's kind of like, I think this is a really good beginner one. If someone really wants to like, maybe one of the first couple of like uh, of horror movies with gore in it this would be a really good uh first or second movie to get to jump into it so. yeah and i think people are yeah i don't know why but i guess you know satan is just kind of so the devil is is so incorporated into like cult our culture that it's i don't know people seem to be okay with having the devil as the enemy it's like oh okay yeah this is something that i've heard he's evil Satan's yeah bad. So it's not it's like, believable because it like Satanists <laughs> Satanists exist. There are yeah, people yeah, in the world that do this. So it's like kind of fucked up, but it's it's a real thing. And like yeah. the gore that's in it is that there's only one super shocking gore that you don't even see for that that long. And it's not the act of it happening either. You just see the remnants of it. So I say like usually that's good criteria for someone who's uncomfortable with gore and this one it doesn't show too much of it either it's not going to be overwhelming it's just like that's the one to look out for and you don't see it happening so i feel like this is a really good beginner <laughs> really yeah, good beginner yeah. one it's, 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 yeah it's kind of like in the vein of of you know the exorcist or something where yeah people watch it and they're like well it's not very scary actually and it's like no it's not yeah. that scary it's the it's everything about how it's presented that's supposed to spook you rather than being able to like directly point at a part in the movie where it's really, really scary. <laughs> yeah. I'd say this is even easier than our first one we watched, which was color out of space. Yeah. Because that one, it's less creepy and there's um, the type of gore and that you do get like the really crazy, um, not 
it's not i guess they kind of are i was gonna say like animatronics but that's not right it's like the practical gore of the llamas and they're like all nasty um and then there's also the the finger cutting scene so like there's all the different types of gore that people could be afraid of in that movie even if it's not extreme it's still all different sort of aspects to watch out for Versus this one is just kind of one type of gore throughout the whole thing. And you only have like maybe like two scenes that could be bothersome. So, yeah. It's all like pretty normal gore. It's not like like extreme happens in the movie. It's yeah. Like breaking bones or. Yeah. And yeah, it doesn't show up for very long. Like I'd even say this is easier than his house for that one scene of him like going under the dude's arm skin. What the fuck? Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, this is uh this is a good one to show your kids. <laughs> you know, show your kids. Yeah. Show your kids, show your pets, yeah. show your grandparents. Um really good family friendly romp in a haunted house. <laughs> importance of family <laughs> yeah and listen to your friends yeah right just again communication that's uh, all these all these horror movies you're just trying to tell you that you, you just got to communicate and share your feelings with your friends more so that you don't get murdered or possessed or exactly <laughs> all right well yeah i guess that that wraps up this episode of gorehead and the wiener so. thanks for listening And until next time, don't smoke in graveyards. (laughs) All right, podcast's over.